This is the MDRT Podcast. How do you team up with the right people for joint work and avoid problems, like disputes over compensation or how to communicate with clients? During a recent conversation at MDRT headquarters, Brian Sitchi, Oakbrook, Illinois, and Fred O'Connor, Northbrook, Illinois, discussed what they've learned and what they've gained from joint work. You partner up with somebody who's really good at something or just seems to be successful uh, or an expert in a product area or they're really good with lawyers or, or car dealers or whatever and you do joint work with them. You get meetings and you see how they present it because there's not one route to success. In fact, a funny thing I've noticed is how very, very different some successful people are. There's there's people who are very, very outgoing and very attractive personalities and there are other people that are quite analytical and you kind of wonder how they ever engage with you. So it's just fascinating the, the breadth of people who are successful. But the common thread, I think, is that if you do joint work and you partner with other people and see how they succeed, you can bring those into your own practice and, and make it your own. What are some of the things people should and shouldn't do in terms of joint work? I think the most common thing I've seen with joint work is they don't discuss in detail how field work comes about as far as once we get in there, this happens, and then I see a lot of people squabble and and get in arguments about commission. One place I was at in the past, it was basically you didn't really talk about it, and then after it was done, you would get hardly anything. If it was now, if you know that up front, and I appreciate the learning and all that, but it's amazing. Even different people in your office have different expectations. If you go do joint work with one person or another, it can be completely different. They expect you to do everything and you get nothing. Another one says, We'll do everything, even Stephen. I will 50 50. I want you to learn. We talk about that a lot because if everyone's on different pages, it seems to go smooth, but then I hate to say it, but when it comes down to then the transaction happens, you get that, we didn't talk about that. And all of a sudden, this great learning experience becomes a financial issue and then joint work with that person. And then pretty soon people around the office know how people behave with joint work and say, oh, I've been out with him before. And then instead of the joint work, everyone collaborating, it turns into a everyone's afraid to work with that person. And then everyone starts getting on their own islands again which is obviously defeats the whole purpose of the whole organization working with the right people. So unfortunately, the financial aspect of it, if it's not discussed and cleared before they go out on appointments and and feel great about them, that can bring it crashing down pretty quickly. So I'd say that's something to address ahead of time. And then when the expectations are there and everyone knows what they're putting in effort-wise and what they're getting out of it, if something does come out of it other than the learning, then, then everything's fine. But it's when it's not discussed ahead of time, I've seen it really blow up. I would agree. I, there's obviously unique cases that are, are, are come up. And the way I've learned to deal with it is that certainly I've run into selfish people. They've taken more of a share of the compensation for less of the work. What I would say is, is that it's not worth the brain damage to get into fights with colleagues over this stuff. It's very non-productive, and, and I think we have to fight to be positive in our lives sometimes because being positive just helps you achieve so many other goals. So the way I approach it is that I try to be open doing joint work with any number of people, but if I don't have a satisfying experience, I just don't work with that person again. I do not go around bad-mouthing people. Again, that's not, I don't want to be that guy. And maybe I'll complain to my wife. (laughs) But I don't think there's any reason to bring that into the office. I don't think it reflects well on me, and I don't think it helps us with the overall cause. Well, like Fred said, if you have a bad experience and it's great 
the positive attitude, you just kind of move on. But I've noticed, you know, where I am now, there are certain people naturally get along. People's personalities conflict or they get along great. You might have a technical person who gets along with a real great per- people person, and together in the appointment, they both cover both. And it, you find the, the person or persons, you know, you get along with some people better than others naturally. Nothing against anyone or judging anyone. It's just sometimes things go really smooth. And when you find that, which I'm, I'm fortunate I have that now, and then everything is great. And then you don't have to worry about it anymore. But um, like Fred said, if, if it doesn't work, keep doing your own thing. And, and it's not easy. There's been groups that are kind of manufactured by different managers that I've had in the past saying, hey, I want you to work together. And, you know, you want it to work out, but sometimes it doesn't because of the how much effort and some people put in or the lack thereof. And when you're a hardworking person, you kind of expect the same from everyone, and that doesn't always happen. But when you find the right person and it just clicks, you, you kind of know. I guess it would be just like any relationship because, you know, we're at work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and when you do a lot of joint work with someone, it is a relationship, and it needs to work and be smooth, and I'm at a point with the people I work with now where, oh, you got it, no problem. Everyone can just fill in the holes, and we're not expecting to follow a specific list. You said you were going to do this, and none of that micromanaging, babysitting. We, we all put in a lot of effort, and we pick each other up here and there, but like he said, the cause is to go out and help more people. And if you have any drama, internal drama, that's and unfortunately, when I was talking about the cases before, those were from bad experiences. And not surprising, most of the agents aren't there anymore. You know, I'm not there. Those things can really plague an office. But if you have a good environment, a good culture of sharing, and again, putting everyone first, the people out there, personalities will will blend and you'll hopefully figure it out but not everyone's going to do joint work with everyone there's some people that like doing things solo and there's nothing wrong with that but find people that you know it gels and the clients will absolutely feel and see that it's gelling and they feel comfortable i always like doing joint work because i think clients feel really taken care of when oh he covered that and oh there's some holes and you both are helping me out sometimes even three people if you have an attorney involved or something like this is really a joint project everyone here cares about me I see you all bring different things to my situation and I think the clients again some people new in the business as soon as they hear joint or splitting they you know because they're just thinking of dollars at first they say ah I don't know half but I mean in our business it's very common to say would you rather have half of something or all of nothing and you have to have that share mentality because you will get much more business done overall and you won't even be thinking about those percentages when you have a successful joint situation has anyone ever asked you to do joint work and you had to explain why it was not a good idea after joint work has been done how do you evaluate how it went I've never turned down joint work. I'm, I'm happy to try to help with people, but you have interesting circumstances. I'll give you a story. Just two weeks ago, I was brought in on joint work in a case where my colleague you know, thought this was a really hot opportunity. As a lady, a uh, husband had passed away. She had $2 million. She you know, was looking for someone to help manage it. It was She was referred to my colleague by her accountant. So you would think it would be a very high probability case, but it was very clear in the meeting that she was comfortable with Vanguard. She didn't like paying fees. She wasn't much into change. And I remember after the meeting saying to my friend, it was a very positive meeting, by the way, but I said to my colleague, I just, I don't really think this is going to go anywhere. And he was very keen to try to close this sale. 
and, and I, I was would have been happy to help him, but I, I could just sense, you know, and this happens from time to time, you just know certain prospects are, are not going to feel a fit. And and so my view on that stuff is you just don't try to sell somebody. You just educate them. And if your model isn't right for them, there's another prospect out there. But sometimes your joint work partner doesn't feel as, you know, they're so keen to get the sale. So I let him do his thing, but uh, it wasn't for me something I wanted to pursue. Yeah. And then sometimes the other person may want that sale so bad that afterwards, if it doesn't go well, which Fred's right. I mean, sometimes you just know it's not going to happen and you kind of move on. But some people can't move on. They they want it to be an opportunity. So then what they'll do is they might want to look at the, the presentation or what you said or what they said to find why it's not going to come out, you know, turn out to be a, a client. And they're overanalyzing. And then it starts getting a little frustrating because then they might say, well, you know, Fred, when you did this with that piece of paper or when you said that I think that kind of so they start kind of over critiquing and wondering why and that's not at all why that's not going to be a client and then that starts getting a little frustrating and you get a little edgy when someone and we we all should feel we could be criticized for things or or, or you know ju- not judge so much but just critique say hey you know what you know what that was a good point maybe we shouldn't have done that but when they start over analyzing and trying to find faults and everything as a reason why it didn't work out it starts to get frustrating because then they I've, I've had people try and train me on you know when you I had this one example they said you know remember when they said I can you give me provide me some information and then you handed them the piece of paper As soon as you did that you released all the power from us to them and I was like I felt like I was in I mean I've listened you know, I've been in the business a while but you know the old school sales things if you notice a certain nod you got to jump on it and all these crazy things i said i don't think me handing the piece of paper was what made that and then i just start getting frustrated because uh and it would the personality thing didn't really work so now we don't do joint work you know but but like fred if someone says hey i have a case that i think man fred this person reminds me so much of you i'd like to go out then it's fun and doing that joint work but that could happen and then what happens at the end let's evaluate I've had projects where we do a series of appointments and some people in the group don't fit so well and we have to evaluate it. and then some people might leave the group and another I, I don't like I'm not real good with those situations where you have to say well you know maybe it's not best for you to be in the group I don't like doing that so a lot of times I avoid getting into group things where there's too many people in the group because then there's gonna be a lot of meetings about who fits who doesn't and who's gonna tell that person I just want to go out and help families and I want to do it smoothly as possible and I don't want to have a whole bunch of other meetings surrounding who's gonna go see someone because that, that's not where I want my time and effort to be so a lot of times my joint work is with one person you know, it's not a, a whole big, I've seen that the group thing, especially when you get too many people involved, then that compensation thing really comes into play. Because I went on three appointments, I called the person, I did the paperwork, you were at home the whole time, and then it's supposed to be all evenly split. I, I just, I think the, the bigger the group, sometimes the more problems it creates. And so I try and limit it to just, you know, one person, and again, get to know the person, and then, you know, it could be uh, an area of expertise too. Another key to joint work, I think, is if if you're not the expert in that field, like if I brought Fred out to talk to someone about a business planning, I'm going to act like I just started last week, which means I'm going to be quiet the whole time. I'm a trainee. 
I've been in the business and you know Fred knows his stuff but let me tell you about me it's not about us it's about the client and if Fred's the expert guess what Fred's gonna be the expert and I'm not gonna be a show-off or feel I'm not doing enough if I generated the prospect that's a big part of obviously her business getting in front of the people I'll let Fred be Fred and do his job instead of try and act like I know as much or more than Fred I will tell the client this is the expert he's a great guy I want him to come in because he does a wonderful job for clients with and this is not quite where I'm the strongest and if you know your strengths and weaknesses the team does well because everyone likes to feel good at what they're good at and when someone tries to take that away from you or, or not let you shine in your area it, it just doesn't work but I, I I'm an expert in what I'm an expert at and I certainly am more than happy to admit what I'm not an expert at and of course clients appreciate that because they will find out sooner or later if you're not an expert it's something you say you are and then again you'll get 100% of nothing if you do it like that so joint work is great use the talents around you know what you're good at know what someone else is good at and and joint work can be a wonderful thing and it's great to go to and from appointments with someone have a great experience good or bad it's it's fun to talk about seeing people and, and what we do so sharing with other people you work with is a lot of fun yeah and I'll build on that comment and say some of my most successful meetings are ones where I say very little and the reason is I might have my thousand so client relationships and then I'll come across someone who's really expert in something or I, I just heard their presentation I was really impressed by them in whatever niche that they've gotten into and I'll think I wonder which of my clients might find that message compelling and I might get 10 meetings in a relatively short period of time with people where I introduce this expert in because I think his expertise would be very useful to my client and what I do is I validate that individual at the beginning of the conversation and I say thank you at the end and the rest of the time is filled with that other person making their pitch and why it could be useful to the client. What's an example of who that person might be? Bank-owned life insurance, Bully, is a, a very unique product area and those who specialize in it tend to specialize in it to the exclusion of other things and it happens that I know a number of bank executives and I know enough about their balance sheets to know they don't maybe don't have bully or don't have a lot of bully or they have capacity for more bully and even though bank executives might feel they know a lot about bully they might not know what Northwestern Mutual can do in that area and so I will bring an expert in and, and my experts might never otherwise get the access that I can provide so they, they might send letters to these banks which could easily get round filed and even though they they have the expertise they just can't get the audience so I can get them in front of a decision maker and while I understand Bully conceptually and I, I think I could very comfortably explain it to somebody what, what I can't do is execute on it and and that's where these guys come in because they have done it you know tens and tens of times and uh, and they just have a facility with the conversation that I, I don't have because it's not my core area of competency. That's the end of this month's episode. We'll see you next time. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes at MDRT Podcast.